Welcome, weary travelers. You are just in time for another episode of the For Crits and Giggles podcast. I'm Kieran Bennett, your dungeon master for this tale, and your brave heroes this evening are Aguila Newman. Hello. Hannah Calvert. Hey there. Sam Clark. Hey there. And Nick Chong. Hey there. So we're for Crits and Giggles. We're a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play chartered uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, we play D- D- we play D&D, uh, then we record it, and you listen to it, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, Aguilin. Yeah. Um, my my heart is so full of proud. Uh, so full of proud? So full oh, of proud. pride. Uh, so proud. Um, my heart is so full of proud uh, from towards my, my good friend, my good friend Nick, uh, who's... Now finally realize his dreams. Uh, he's he's become a chartered accountant at the expense of any reading ability whatsoever. So I'm not going to ask him <laughs> to ever do a recap ever again. Um, so Aguilan, can you can you tell us all what happened last week? Uh, well, Kieran, on a quest to save the city of Fernshire, our heroes headed south to retrieve the Golden Blade, a powerful magic item. On the road, however, they encountered an outbreak of red sickness in the village of Stropshire. After encountering Mephis' childhood friend, Phalib, the heroes took on the task of retrieving the village healer. Heading into the forest, they did battle with the horrific servant of Salamthur, god of disease. After a hard-worn battle, they freed the village healer, Jabari. Alas, his wounds were too severe, and Jabari gave his life to provide our heroes with a cure. And now, for the next episode of Crits and Giggles. So yeah, so uh, the last that we saw you, uh, you guys were headed back into uh, Stropshire, um, and you know we're gonna we're gonna fast forward uh, probably about a week and a half uh, to kind of really to just to kick things uh, to kick things off. So you guys returned uh, to Stropshire um, with Jabari on the back of the horse, um, and obviously um, the the village was devastated to learn of the loss uh, but the cure that he gave his life to provide uh, was uh, given to the well in the centre of town and it was administered to uh, the villagers and also yourselves um, and uh, it, it appeared that everyone was uh, was cured um, and I, I just have a, a couple a couple things that, that I want to that I want to touch on very briefly um, so Mithras howdy Howdy. Um, so your your friend uh, Philip was was in this village, um, and the day the day after uh, you you guys had kind of provided this cure for everyone, and and everyone had sort of re- recovered. Um, you were you're you're about to head off, uh, continue continue on your way, uh, and you were saying goodbye to uh, to Philip. And um, uh, what 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 did what did that goodbye look like? Uh, what do you know what what where 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 were you what was what was the last uh, conversation that you had with him um well it was strange because he was still pretending to be Phaleb when in fact he was actually um Aetherus. so it felt very very un- very strange just pretending to say goodbye to to someone who who really isn't who everyone thinks he is so it was it was a big a big lie basically any respect that i had for the guy is now well actually no i i respect him because um he's the ultimate um deceiver actually that's actually pretty cool 
<laughs> that's uh, really fucked up. Completely. Yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty messed up, actually. Um, so he lied to everyone, and in one sense, I really, like, I've lost all respect for him. But in another <laughs> sense, like, I have the most respect for yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's some devious shit, man. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just kind of, you know, like, oh, thank you, Faleb, for, well, what did he do? Not much, really. He, he poisoning the well. Poisoning the well, yeah. Like he poisoned the well. He yeah. Really and fucked you up. He almost, like, if I didn't catch him with, with that child, then, um, well, everyone would have been pretty royally fucked, wouldn't they? So, so in a very real other sense, I also lost all my respect for him. Yeah. So I kind of, like, no respect, but lots of respect, yeah, but no respect. I'm, I'm really torn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, you know, it, it, not all goodbyes have to be simple. It, it could have been, it could have been a complex one. Exactly. So we just, you know, shook each other's butts and then, you know, made our way <laughs> um, to, to to live our lives. Uh, and the other, the other thing that I had uh, was just a, a, a detail. So uh, you guys are uh, sort of loading up uh, your your packs and your, and your your horses and stuff. Um, and Soraya comes in and she, she asks a very important question. Uh, she, she, she turns to, uh, Poe, um, seeing as he's the, he's, that is you. He's seeing as you're, you know, the, the eldest in the group. So, you know, she sort of defers to you a little bit and she says, just a, a quick question for you. Um, did, did, did y'all ever, did y'all ever find out how to get to the Starlet Rock at all? Uh, I thought this is Sam here. Uh, I thought like we can see it. Isn't it just like flying over there? No. Okay, this is Kieran here. Did I say that? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was in, in the this impression that the Starlit Rock was like a, a giant, like kind of monolith that like floated in the sky, and it's like the sky tower. You just see it everywhere. Mm, nope, don't believe I said that. Oh, uh, this is Poe. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, y'all are y'all are more than welcome to uh, go searching around through uh, uh, Jabari's uh, possessions if you like. That there's nothing there that we can that we can entirely use. And I, to be perfectly honest, the only reason this entire conversation is even taking place is so that uh, when uh, we advance the story somewhat, no one questions us how that you uh, how you know what it is the hell you're supposed to be doing next because we all forgot. The main reason for your quest was to find out where the started rock was last time we recorded. So yeah, but I definitely take her up on that. Anything we can uh, find to to find our way back to uh, to the Starlet Rock would be amazing. Um, yeah, so you guys have a, a, a rummage through uh, Jabari's uh, possessions. Oh no, not really like a rummage through his possessions, but sort of just like a, a, a brief kind of overview of his. Uh, notes and research and things like that and you uh, find out that um, the Starlet Rock uh, can be accessed a multiple uh, of ways um, one of the more consistent ways that people use uh, that people that people access it is through some kind of uh, flying device uh, that is in a range of mountains uh, slightly to the south of you uh, and you find uh, amongst his research and things a uh, map uh, that will lead you to uh, a village nestled at the foot of these mountains. Uh, and apparently in this village uh, is a way to uh, reach whatever this contraption may be that will lead you into the Starlet Rock. Um, 
the the notes don't really specify what the machine is or, or how the this this small village nestled in the mountains is intended to uh, intended to help you reach this machine, but uh, it's it's more of a lead than you had before. Okay, that's good. I'll take it. We're going to skip ahead now, uh, as I said at the start of the episode, uh, and we're going to go probably skip ahead in time about uh, a week or so. Uh, and you guys are uh, traveling down the road. You're probably... Uh, Based on your rough cartographic skills, uh, probably maybe a day or so still away from this uh, of, from this village that you're trying to get to, nestled in the mountains. Um, and you guys all kind of uh, turn in for the night. Uh, and uh, when you when you wake up, when you wake up, uh, the first thing that you notice is after. Uh, after your travel from Fernshire, your encounter with the horrifying creature, the saving of the village of Stropshire, and this uh, this week of travel, um, you're feeling you're feeling stronger. You're feeling stronger, uh, and you know what that means, guys. It means you get to finally level up. It's only taken me roughly <laughs> twenty or thirty episodes or so to finally actually give you some new levels. Um, yeah, so 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 you're all leveling up, um, which you would have all done before we started recording. Um, but to make up for the fact that it has been so long, um, you guys have gained two levels, so you're now all level <laughs> six. Oh, oh, I feel like boy. such a thick boy. Um, so we're gonna so we're gonna quickly go around the go around the air horn uh, and just kind of briefly bri- briefly uh, describe. Uh, what it is that you got. Uh, so, Aguilan, would you like to go first? Show me what you got. <laughs> so, uh, Omodai is uh, far more healthier. Feels nice, big and strong. Antus is a tiefling. He gets more broken air spells. Fuck. So now he can cast uh, a spell yeah, called fucking Darkness. Flaming Blade wasn't broken enough. Um, and Darkness is just a big patch of darkness that you can cast on people. And they're just trapped in darkness, and they can't see through it. They can't have a light. Dark vision doesn't help them, so they're fucked. Um, that sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. How long does that last for? I don't know. I didn't look that far, but I'm sure when just I for, just forever on someone's day, I'll look at it. I can now do some level three spells. I know more spells. I oh can, shit! Uh, you got level three spells. spells already. And my level three spells are just some of the names here: Core Lightning, Conjure Animals. Ooh. Fain death, <gasps> meld into stone. Fain death, storm. What? Speak. Wait, is fain death just like you can pretend to be dead? That's not a spell. Perhaps. Play dead. I can pass him. A water walk. I can do that. And <laughs> walk. And also, um, can turn into a myriad of new animals, including a giant boar, a giant constrictor snake, a giant elk, a hunter shark, a polar bear, a rhinoceros, a, a shark tiger. A swarm of poisonous snakes, a uh, plesiosaurus, and by far the coolest one of all, an allosaurus. I don't know what so, either of those animals are, but well, I'm going to Google them. A plesiosaurus isn't that cool, but an allosaurus well, those is last a dinosaur with an axe for a skull. <laughs> that that's not, that sounds that's how, that all sounds great. Uh, Hannah, would you like to uh, tell us what Anya managed to snag herself these last two levels? Sure. Well. Uh, I got, where am I? So we're sixth level now, aren't we? Yeah, sixth level. Uh, well, I've increased the number of spells I know. 
uh, skipped all the way up to third level spells. Um, so I can cast Blink, which lets me sort of disappear and reappear um, into the the plane of ethereal plane. Um, oh, hell yeah. I can cast Fireball. So that's a plus. Oh. Uh, I have a, oh, a no, sorceress. Oh, watch out. <laughs> Revenge is coming. I have a new sorceress origin feature with my wild magic. So mm-hmm. I can now bend luck. So I have the ability to twist fate using my wild magic. And whenever a creature oh. I see makes an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, I can sort of fiddle with that and add a bonus or a penalty if I so wish. Like whenever you like, or is that like once per day? Or uh, You can use your reaction and spend two sorcery points to roll 1d4. Oh, okay. How many yeah. sorcery points do you That's have? That's if I yeah, remember prob- to do it. So Yeah, I was like, we should probably remember that that exists and also remember how sorcery points work. Yeah. I have no idea how many I have now. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it. Well, hey, I mean, you know, the ability to teleport and the ability to uh, bend the forces of luck to your will. And cast fireball. Pretty solid. Yeah, but you're not a dinosaur. And also cast fireball. So. Yeah. Do you guys I don't get to turn into a dinosaur, but that's cool. Benefits? At least someone does. I mean, race benefits? I seem to be getting like OP as hell just by being a tiefling, but you guys don't seem to get much. Nah, humans don't get any level-based class benefits. He says probably incorrectly. That's <laughs> the sound of millions of D&Ds just screaming out. Really? No! <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, speaking of human-based level benefits, uh, Sam, do you want to tell us what you got for the last two levels? Oh yeah, uh, mine's like... I'm like punchy kicky guy, so my, mine's way more functional than um, than your stuff. I rounded out a couple of points. I'm basically a pretty thick boy uh, <laughs> these days. I'm pretty tough. Well, I mean, yeah, um, we, we established in previous episodes that that Poe is a zaddy. So, yeah. so I, there, there's this little thing that I've been playing with for for a little while, but I never actually tabletopped it to explain this for anyone who does care about the mechanics of D and D. So, in the same way that um, <laughs> they've left long ago, so don't worry. About yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Nope, not doing this podcast. Fuck off." Um, so, in the same way that Hannah has sorcery points, me as a monk, I have key points. So every time, like. Um, Story-wise, I'm talking about, like, Poe getting, like, shimmery and shit. That's that's me spending key points. So there you go. Listen out for that cue. That's how you know he's spending the keys. And it basically lets him do, like, a bunch of uh, cool kung fu shit. Um, uh, 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 the exciting bits, the highlights from the last two levels are... Um, I've got slow fall just permanently now. Um, so I can t- take a re- reaction to, like... Basically, I'm picturing it as he does like the hero three point landing thing, and it just reduces a whole bunch of damage because it looks fucking tight. Uh, and the other stuff is um, you can take extra attacks, just more punchies, more kickies, um, and uh, he can stun people uh, with a bit of dice rolling. He can stun people when he bops them over the head with a weapon. Uh, also, because I'm just wonderful. My, my fists, oh, they're magical weapons now. Yep. Oh. So for the, point, uh, for the purpose of resistance, strengths and resistance and that sort of thing, uh, all my unarmed strikes are magical, magical attacks. Wow. Well, that, I mean, that all sounds wow. that all sounds very positive. Uh, oh, and, and, and a really oh. cool one that I missed somehow. Um, I can like 
this happened a while ago and I just didn't realize I can deflect missiles so basically if like if someone like fires an arrow or darts at me I can like, like reduce the damage on it and if I reduce it to zero I can catch that bitch use the key point throw it back what that's cool what that's dope as hell yeah so um, if you could just go ahead and start firing arrows yeah, at me at yeah, random yeah, times, yeah. I'm gonna like do the shit out of that yeah it'll basically become a daily occurrence yeah <laughs> I can help with that. I can shoot you. Yeah. I've done it before. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean. and before I roll a one and don't reduce it whatsoever and just get stabbed through the throat. <laughs> Always the throat. And Poe's like, no, no, do it again, do it again. Well, I'm, I'm assuming it's Mithras who's shooting at me, so of course it's the throat. Uh, speaking of Mithras, um, what did he manage to get himself these, uh, these last two levels? Um, so Mithras woke up suddenly feeling far more proficient in his proficiencies. Um, so <laughs> I get doubled proficiency bonus for any two abilities. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still thinking about which abilities I want to apply that to. Um, also, I, I'm able to now... Um, use my reaction to half the attack's damage against me. Um, what does that mean? I'm not sure. Use my reaction. Do I do I react to? You so so you get you get one reaction uh, per round in combat. Oh. so you can basically well, you just go. do one reaction. So I can half um, an attacker's damage to me. Um, so that's pretty dope. Um, and then he's also woken up realizing that he's been quite largely underutilizing his previous skills. Um, yeah. I love how we all read the player's handbook and be like, holy fuck, I can do cool shit. <laughs> so like he can get um, an extra 1d6 damage to a creature that um, uh, hasn't... Oh, that that I have an advantage towards, and now I have an advantage towards any opponent that hasn't attacked yet. So that's dope. Oh, um, damn. And considering you basically go first every single time. Yeah, because of my huge dicks. Fucking um, <laughs> And then... <laughs> my massive dicks. Yeah, and if the enemy is within five feet... I don't need advantage on the attack roll if another enemy of the target is within five feet of that enemy. So, no, not bad. So it sounds like you guys all managed to pick up some really cool stuff uh, with your last couple levels. Uh, so let's keep that train going and keep giving you guys uh, more cool stuff. Um, yeah, so this is cool so this is what happens. So you, so you guys wake up and you feel more accomplished, more uh, more in in touch uh, with your with yourself and your abilities uh, and. You're, and so you're kind of looking around your camp and you notice that the air is kind of infused with this soft purple glow uh, and this low fog is kind of covering the ground, like a, a very sort of dry, dry ice kind of effect, that sort of wispy kind of uh, fog. Um, and almost simultaneously, the four of you uh, turn and notice that... Uh, just off in the distance, in a, in a well, not really off in the distance, but maybe sort of ten or fifteen meters or so away from your from your main campsite, uh, sitting in a small clearing, is a large shadowy shape, uh, probably ten or twelve feet tall or so, 
uh, sort of sitting on its haunches, uh, hunched over uh, with these sort of two sort of perfectly round glowing eyes uh, and is staring straight at you. Hendrix, is that you? In any case, so this, so this large this large shape is currently sitting on the edge of your campsite uh, and is staring at you. Um, I mean, do do any of you do anything? Uh, Poe uh, doesn't like move from the campsite, but says, um, <laughs> "For some reason, I just almost started fantasy talking, even though we've never done that." Fuck it, he's going to do it anyway. Do it, Holt, you stranger. Who thee may go here? <laughs> what? There's a reason we don't fantasy talk, no but sense. there you go. No, play it. Go. Um, all right, so, so 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 this is what happens. So the, this this thing sort of uh, it moves slightly, and and it, and it sort of seems to look directly at you, Poe. Uh, and sort of coming out of the the shadowy form of its body is this long, long, thin arm with these big uh, hands, uh, or big hand, just one hand attached to the arm. Uh, this uh, long, incredibly thin arm with a massive hand attached to it, and it sort of comes out and it starts waving at you, and it says. Hello, darling. So ever so nice to see you today. Oh, uh, that's not what I was expecting. I've waited such a long time to meet you all, and I have to say, it's delightful to see all of you looking so healthy. Uh, is the hand what talking? is your name, stranger? Doth thou be called? <laughs> Listen, darling, this sort of speak is very tiring for my brain, so perhaps you could, I don't know, talk to me like normal human beings. What's, what's your name? What's your number? Oh, darling, I don't really have a name such as it is, but you mortals often call me the Great Lurker. And then, of course, because we all know the Great Lurker... Mm, eh, you, you might, you might not. <laughs> uh, well, Poe digs into his memory banks and <laughs> tries to remember what he knows about the Great Lurker. Yeah, make a make a, make an intelligence roll. Poe is great at intelligence. Um... Seven. Uh, okay, uh, you you know that the uh, the Great Lurker is supposedly the kind of the shadowy behind the figures ruler of uh, Port Mariner, which is uh, a large uh, trading town in the north. Um, but it's sort of one of those things where it's like if you go there, you don't mention it because it's it's not it's not something that you really talk about in public, uh, as far as everyone's concerned. A council rules the city, not in fact uh, this mysterious magical creature. Uh, Lurker. Um. Uh, your your reputation precedes you, but uh, oh, thank how, you, darling. How how I'm surprised that you know of us. Well, of course I know of you, darling. You have quite the reputation, and perhaps more so than I, which I have to say I'm rather jealous of. <laughs> but, darling, someone's asked me to come and lend you a little bit of a hand at the moment, so here I am. And what say that you and I, and you and all your friends, we can make a trade. Who asked you? What kind of trade? Oh, darling, that's two questions at once. It's simply too much for my tiny brain to handle. (laughs) Well, firstly, who asked me? A very good friend of yours, a woman who's concerned with the welfare and safety of this realm. You might know her. Her name is Iptar. (laughs) Oh, shit. And, And as for what sort of trade, well, darling, I'm the lord of all commerce and trade in the entire world. So... Anything you might possibly need, you can get. Anything? Oh, just about anything, darling. I don't do anything immoral or illegal or anything like that. I'm not a complete monster, though I will admit the appearance is deceiving. Now, really, my question here, darling, is... Are you willing to make a trade? 
But what do you want from us? Gold, stories, valuable items, memories, body parts, whatever you're really willing to trade, I can take it, darling. Can I give you a leg? Oh, if that's something you're willing to part with, I have several sharp knives inside of my body. My God. I don't do a moral or, or legal, but yeah, 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 fucking cut your <laughs> leg off. Is fine. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right then, darling. How's about you come over here and we can get this show on the road? Okay. Okay. That's walking towards this creature. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I was, so you, I was, you, I was gonna back Mithras up just in case uh, <laughs> shit goes down. Just in case it goes down. Uh, yeah. So you go, you go up to this uh, this thing, and as you get close, it uh, it sort of gets up, and so it's then kind of crouched on these. It's sort of crouched like a, like a like a gorilla, like it's on it's on all fours, um, and it's sort of leaning on these thin uh, arms with these large hands, and then these kind of uh, thick uh, muscular legs, and this very sort of just round, formless body. And as you get closer, you realize uh, like its head and its neck and its shoulders are all just one shape blending into the body and its eyes just kind of sit at the top of its head and when it opens its mouth it's just like it it suddenly appears out of its head and it's just got like these rows and rows and rows of teeth but as you get closer its uh, mouth opens and opens and opens and opens and opens until the mouth is like as large as the creature and uh inside you suddenly realize the body of this creature inside is much larger on the inside than it should be on the outside uh so you see uh uh, past the opening of its mouth, uh, banks and banks of shelves and display tables and little cash registers and all kinds of things. So this uh, this creature's body transforms into the Great Lurker's Lower Intestine Bargain Bin Spectacular, uh, which is, for all intents and purposes, the shop that we are going to be using for, I imagine, the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, so you, so, you, you, so you go inside and there's uh, rows and rows of these shelves just filled with all kinds of, of items and, and things. Um, and uh, eventually you, you sort of, you're, you're wandering around and um, inside are sort of smaller versions uh, of this creature that um, kind of like are, are pointing out different deals and, and items and kind of, you know, asking, you know, darling, do we need any help? And then, you know, that sort of thing. Um and uh, eventually you, you come across uh, an area that we're going to talk about now, which is um, uh, magic items. Magical items. So uh, there is kind of uh, like... So it, it's it's sort of like a, a large semicircle uh, in front of you, and there are uh, sort of different tiers of shelves uh, upon which rest a variety of interesting and unusual items. Uh, and each item in front of it has a small card uh, noting a name and a price. And next to that is a small scroll. Uh, and uh, one of these uh, sort of smaller versions of this creature comes out and says, Oh, darling, you've stumbled across the most interesting part of the entire bargain bin. So here we have some of the most interesting and fascinating magical items that I've ever come across. But here's the catch, darling, and this is all part of making a deal. I'll let you know what any of these items are called, and of course you will feel free to look at them as much as you like, but if you want to know what any of them do, darling, you have to buy them first, at which point that small scroll will unlock and you'll know exactly what it does. How does that sound? Side note, this is Sam here. Has anybody been keeping track of how much gold we have? Nope. Uh, you all have 2,500 each. Oh, sweet. Oh, That's easy. Yeah, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure nice. you guys all had... I'm pretty sure you guys all had like 500 before, and then I gave you 2,000 like a couple of episodes ago. My pockets are swole. 
Um, yeah, so I sent you guys all a list of magical items. Um, oh, fuck, that was two years ago. Um, uh, it was like two weeks ago. Um, yeah, so we, have a, so, so we have a variety of magical items. Uh, and I've also sent you a list of normal items. Um, so really my question here is, um, what do you all want to buy? I mean, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to buy anything. You can just save your gold if you want. But um, it's uh, it's really up to you. I got a couple well, things I want to buy. Okay, sure. I am very curious about the amulet mm-hmm. of curious conviction. All right. So you would like to buy that? Yes, please. All right. Could uh, okay. So we got the amulet of curious conviction. Uh, the name of this magical item comes from at doctor underscore possum underscore on Twitter. So uh, thank you to thank you to him for that uh, that name. Uh, it costs 500 gold, and it is a thin bronze circle carved in the shape of a ring of fire attached to a smooth golden chain. Uh, so you purchase the item, uh, and you unfold the scroll, and uh, twice per day, the amulet can provide advantage on a single... Oh, sorry, on the next single charisma-based check as incredible certainty courses through your body. Uh, it does have a tendency, however, to manifest as bravado uh, rather than uh, any other type of certainty. Yeah, cool. That works for me as a sorcerer. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to buy? Uh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, the Harness of All Might. Uh, the Harness of All Might, the name for this magic item, comes from at the Viking Bear underscore on Twitter, so thank you to him for that name. Uh, this is 700 gold, a black leather chest harness studded with small blue gems. Uh, so he purchases the item and unfolds the scroll, adds a plus four to your strength. However, it will negate any armor class bonuses and dexterity bonuses are halved. Okay, cool. Was there anything else you wanted to buy? Uh, that's it for now. Uh, would anyone else like to buy anything? So as Mithras is walking around, he he seems drawn to this this clay figurine, and he takes a look at it, and it's it's been labeled Chad from Accounting. And, uh, okay. He would like to buy Chad. Okay, so Chad you from Accounting, would, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chad from Accounting, the name for this magic item comes from at Matthew M. Morris on Twitter, so thank you to him for that name. Uh, it is 1,800 gold pieces. Uh, it is a clay figure of a priest of the Ambulus that hums with an inner power. Uh, so you buy the item, the scroll unfolds. Uh, once per day, Chad can be summoned to answer questions, perform tasks, and fight foes. And he will, of course, do your taxes. Chad is not suicidal, however, and still retains his own will, desires, and autonomy. He will stay amongst the party for 1d4 hours before returning to his clay form, at which point you must wait until the next day to summon Chad again. This is like an accountant genie. This is amazing. That's dope. I like that. Uh, you have a little bit of gold left over. Do you want to buy anything else? Well, how much gold do I have? 700 left. Does anyone have 300 to spare? Uh, Poe happily hands over 300. Oh, oh thank you, Poe. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, so Mithras is now drawn to um, this other item. Um, mm-hmm. It's called the Dagger of Spreading. Okay, wow. uh, the, the Dagger of Spreading. Uh, the name for this magic item comes from at Errantly Erin on Twitter, so uh, thank you to her for that uh, that name. Uh, it is a thousand gold, uh, and it is a knife with a thin black metal handle and three equally as thin blades protruding from the top of the dagger. Uh, so you buy the item, the scroll unfolds. When this creature is struck with this dagger, and it does 1d6 damage, there is a 70% chance that one of the additional blades on the dagger will shoot out 
to a nearby hostile creature and cause 1d4 damage. The blades will return to the dagger after combat has ended. So it can only be used once, presumably, or this this ability. Uh, yeah, once. So once per inca- once per like once per combat, it, it, it can do this. Right. Cool. I, I, I'll 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 send you all these these rules uh, later. Excellent. Thank you very much. Oh, you said we had two thousand five hundred, correct? Yes. So blight stars put out of my budget then. A little bit, yes. How much did you need? Two thousand. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> I mean, character-wise, car- if you ask me, I will give it to you. But I did kind of want to buy some shit. <laughs> How much does Hannah have left? If you guys can pitch in, yeah, thousand three hundred. Oh my god! How, how kind? Yeah, I mean, I'll, th- I'll throw seven hundred if you. How if kind you're are you to... feeling with your fake money? Your, your, I mean, your real money. Well, there were some of the things I wanted to buy just normal stuff, so. <sighs> Sorry, Gillen, I'm okay. all out. <laughs> no, it's fine. I probably didn't need this totally awesome sword. Oh, what was it? It's a large black metal sword that emits sparks and reeks of poison. Seems to also sound like it's whispering. I could probably give it a, a thousand. Butter with the the thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, ask. butter. You said you you gelled in other currencies besides gold. Certainly, darling. What it is that you want to offer? Oh, what would you accept? I'm just. I'm just a druid. I don't have much on me. Just my my club that uh, counts as my the, star. That the hands kind of like come out in front and they're sort of like steepled a little bit and they're very creepy looking. Uh, and this creature says, "Listen, darling, I've existed since the beginning of time. I can accept any currency you have to offer and any item you might have to offer. So, whatever it is that you're willing to trade, offer it up, darling, and we can start the conversation." How much would you take for my druid stuff? Say, my true <gasps> star. Whoa, seems just like, with the what slime. Your horns, extreme. <laughs> well, that's more extreme, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like my true stuff or a portion of my body. <laughs> just hellboy yourself and fucking grind that bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your druid staff, darling. Oh, that's that's a very important item to you, isn't it? The focus for all your spells. That's more the the charms that are attached to it, actually. Oh, darling, I don't want just the club. I'd like, I'd want the charms that go with it. Oh, uh, well, if, say, I did give that to you, how much would you give me? Oh, I think we'd be thinking equivalent exchange here. You give me the club and its charms, and Blightstar is yours. <laughs> oh, crap, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you be giving up exactly? Uh, Pose is, um... Uh, well, Side note, Poe is very sceptical of magical items and that kind of stuff. He's uh, seen sort of the damage that a lot of them do, um, and he's not sure about it. Unsurprisingly, a black sword that smells like poison and is whispering, he uh, has some reservations about that. Um, So (laughs) Poe says to to Mordor, look, I just, I don't think you should go anywhere near the sword. Can you hear that? Yeah. That's exactly why I'm saying don't go anywhere. (laughs) That's very true, darling. The sword does have many interesting features. Why, if you were to trade me your club and these charms, I'd be practically giving the sword away. This is as a side note, and actually we should probably even edit this out. I'm only saying that because Poe has to say that. I don't want to influence you. If you want to get it, you should get it. But I feel like Poe definitely would say that. Basically, for me right now, it means I wouldn't be able to... 
I'm assuming I wouldn't be able to cast any actual spells until I get yeah, those charms yeah, you, back you, you, or recreate them somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fine because I could turn into animals, but you know, that might be interesting story-wise. Can you yeah, still turn it, into animals it, if you awesome. if you don't have your spell focus? Sorry. Can you still turn into animals if you don't have that? Yes, yes, I can. Oh, okay. Listen, darling, I've, I've existed since the beginning of time, but even I have limited amounts of seconds to spend on this interaction. Are you willing to make a trade or not? What about half uh, your spells and then some money? Halfway. Hey. What? You can't give darling, away half the spells. Really? The darling, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I don't darling, know how I don't want works. half the charms. I want all of them. Okay, all right. What can good is half the collection if I'm missing half Can you assure me that... Lightstar, this amazing sword that has jumped out of me, is actually good. Not to, not to, you know, discredit your word or anything, but darling, are you trying to imply that I would sell you a dud item here? No, just I don't want something. I'd be positively wounded if I, well, if I hadn't committed a few dud trades in my time. It's considering I've existed since the beginning of time. The chances of that happening are fairly high. Can you like tip? Tipper for like a, a little. Uh, the, the the creature brings out uh, Blightstar and kind of uh, has it in front of you uh, and says, "Darling, listen. It's a large black metal sword. There's sparks coming up and it reeks of poison. And I think if you listen closely, it sounds like it's whispering. Okay. This is really all you're gonna get. All right. What I was gonna take. Even I don't know a hundred percent what it does. Please take one last sort of look at his at his druid star. <laughs> And ended oh my god! <laughs> All right, wow, shit! This is, shakes his head. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what this means for Mordai's <laughs> character development, but um, all right, yeah. So you do it. So uh, yeah, you pass over your club and your druidic charms, uh, and yeah, and you get you get Blightstar. Uh, this this name comes from at El Tabacabra on Twitter. So thank you to him for that name. Uh, Four thousand five hundred gold pieces. I believe it's the second most expensive item in the shop. Uh, a large black metal sword that emits sparks and reeks of poison. Seems to also sound like it's whispering. So this is a plus two poisoning greatsword. Holy shit! Uh, however. Uh, I wanted to kind of describe this moment to you. Uh, so you go, you pick up Blightstar. I, I'm assuming you, I'm assuming you pick it up yes, now that you bought of it. Course. Yeah. So as soon as your hand closes around the uh, the hilt, um, you hear uh, in your in your mind, "G'day." This is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Ready to spread some disease? You want to make some folks sick? Yeah. Sound good to you? Uh, not really my thing, but... Hello, I'm Mordai. Who are you? Oh, g'day. Oh, well, my friends call me Blightstar. Nice to meet you. You want to spread some disease? Uh, maybe later. <laughs> Alright, well, it's been, a, it's been a few couple of thousand years since I was awake, so I, I might pop off for another another bit of a nap, but I'll talk to you later. Hang around, hang around. Hang around. <laughs> I think I think the rest of your friends might want to do some shopping as well. You can talk to Slime in the meantime. Are we are we hearing this or is he just, just like holding it and talking. looking really weird? <laughs> um, talk to I don't slime, know. I, yes. I, I, feel, I feel like it's I like I feel like it's more interesting if you can't hear it. Okay, so he's just holding it and we're just like looking at him. Like, yeah. Just okay. <laughs> just is just he, is he responding in his head or out loud? Uh, that's up to Morda. Are you responding in your head? Or you're responding out loud. No, he's responding out loud. Of course he is. Oh, of course. Of course. I was like, uh, uh, who are you talking to? 
white star. The soul oh, makes it makes a face like Jim from the office. Like I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the uh, the, pr- the presence of Blightstar uh, fades away uh, momentarily, but uh, he'll be back. He'll be back. Fantastic. So Poe, would you like to, would you like to buy anything? I like none of what happened there. Um, so <laughs> so Poe's like he's he's not really happy with that um, that whole interaction, um, and. Obviously, being a monk isn't uh, isn't really caught up in the trappings and the uh, minutia of of the world. So he goes for a, a bit of a walk out to to some of the other sections, just having a look around, uh, and happens to catch a, a glimpse of himself in a mirror. And the man, although stately and zaddy, is uh, is a bit of a mess. Um, robes are, are tattered and. and ruined and um and dirty and and slightly bloodied some of his own blood some uh his others um and as he looks up from that mirror he sees just kind of like it's a full rack of clothes but there's one it's kind of there's a gap either side of it um and i'm just gonna like create a magical item here so that's fine roll with me (laughs) uh so he uh it's it's like a a, a monk robe, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of of not not like silks or anything, but they're quality materials, and they've kind of got um, some some patterns to them. And it's uh, he puts it on, and it seems to be so, sort of almost tailored, like uh, not super tight, but but like a nice sort of fitting um, uh, fitting shape. So um, covered down down to his elbows. Um, and like high in the neck and then it kind of just like flows down to, to just below the knee in like an open uh, sort of way um, and like he looks at himself in the mirror um, and and he's kind of like feeling quite good about it so where, where the chest bit of the robe um, covers over he kind of feels something in there and he, he lifts it up and looks in but there's he can't see anything and when he reaches in uh he his hand wraps around like um what feels to be kind of like a carved almost ornate uh wooden thing mm-hmm. and he pulls out a set of um of carved nunchucks yo dope so basically okay. that yeah the, this, this robe is attached to a pair of like magical nunchucks that kind of like exist there and he can pull it out of basically anywhere of the robe okay so Here's, here's, here's my question here. So you, yep. you, you, Sam, have just created this magic item. Absolutely, yeah. And now you've inserted it into my Grimace Tardis shop, yes. and you just want me to allow you to buy this. No, I want you to tell me how much it costs. Good, because there was no fucking way I was going to not have you buy this, because that's freaking awesome. I love <laughs> okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to say... So, so uh, he pops around the corner looking like ace as fuck with like these cool nunchucks in his hand. He's like... Uh, okay. How much for this? Uh, okay. So the the the, the creature turns to you and she says, "Oh, darling, I almost forgot that I had that. I probably should have stuck it in this area, shouldn't I? <laughs> how silly of me! I can't believe I forgot about it. Anyway, darling, I'm thinking twelve hundred gold for that. But Poe is kind of still skeptical of uh, of this uh, creature thing, um, but looks at his friends and does like a bit of like a turn left, turn right. Uh, what he do you looks think? pretty baller. He looks pretty damn cool, dude. Oh. Lightstar agrees. 
<laughs> that freaks Poe out, but um, who's the Zeddy? <laughs> but uh, but shall I ask is, Chad um, from accounting? <laughs> you could. Yeah, you could. I mean, if, yeah, yeah fuck it. Let's let's meet Chad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna we're, I'm we're gonna activate my new clay man, Chad from accounting. What yeah. I do? Rub it three let's times. See, let's or? see what Chad says. Um, you just kind of you just kind of hold it and you just sort of uh, will him to kind of come out uh, and then like a. a bit of smoke kind of starts to come out the top of it and he will form in front of you much like a genie okay i i say hey chad it's time to come out let's 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 meet you <laughs> i love that that's yeah. the the ancient summoning words of, <laughs> hey chad um yeah, come out now yeah <laughs> i could say hey, something chad, accounting can... like i'm not gonna do that yeah no. uh no now i want you to that you've mentioned it Okay, um, oh, I better get this right. Assets plus liabilities equals equity. BAM! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it? <laughs> yep, now you have to do a new one every time you want to come out. <laughs> yeah, we're counting. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, sort of uh, you know, magic smoke starts to kind of billow from the thing, and then um, this priest of Eambulus appears. Uh, these sort of uh, billowy red robes with these long sleeves, uh, and he's got like some scrolls strapped across his back, uh, and in one hand is a uh, like an abacus, uh, and then in the other hand is uh, like a, partic- a particularly long, deadly looking uh, quill. Uh, and he, he looks at you and he says, Oh, hey, brah, so I heard that uh, assets plus liability equals accounting <laughs> stuff, right? And he's sort of right. on the abacus, uh, and he says, So, who do you want me to either A, myrtleize, or who do you want me to uh, equitize? Uh, Chad, it's it's great to meet you. Um, my oh, name- so are you like the new master of my clay yeah, figure? Yeah, that's right. Uh, my name is Mithras, and these are my friends, Mordai, Anya, and Poe. And he kind of just points to each one. And we have... A very important question for you. How lit? Oh, 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 yeah, no, oh, you, no, you, you fire away. Yeah, how, how fire do you think Poe is in this new robe of his? Points over to Poe. Uh, Chad uh, turns to Poe and he kind of uh, looks him over, uh, up and down, sort of points at some things with his quill does some sums on his uh, abacus and he says alright so if we add the bodaciousness of his new outfit and also the fact that he's a total zaddy and also that he's in uh, the latest of fashions uh, oh I think his uh, I think his bodaciousness is uh, right up there with uh, a 10 to the power of 6 and he uh, spins all the beads on his abacus oh my chip yeah that was the right choice but um, Poe po, uh, smiles um, at, at- at uh at Chad and says okay and then he does like a like a you know a little little nunchuck thing this little spin uh, Chad is like, just uh, furiously on the abacus and he's like oh oh I didn't know that there were nunchucks involved I didn't know they were there these change the sums and he's like uh, and and then he like puts the nunchucks back into his chest and they sort of just there, there shouldn't be enough space for them in there but they they kind of just go in and they're gone you, uh, you, you, uh, uh, you can't do this to me. You can't just change the numbers halfway through because then it just throws the entire equation off. If the nunchucks disappear into the clothing, that makes it so much cooler. Poe says, you know what? One more question. Too much? And then he grabs um, 
there's like this uh, contraption on uh, on the shelf with big uh, circular black glass, and he puts them on his face and, and he turns around. <laughs> so I assume you would like to uh, purchase uh, what was it called? The lens of shade uh, glass. Lenses of shade. Lenses glass. of shade glass. Uh, so that comes from our friends uh, at the Stranger Lands, the Stranger Lands podcast. Um, so this is a strange wooden contraption that appears to be designed to sit on your face. Two large circles of slightly dark glass sit in the front. So that's uh, seven hundred gold. You buy it. The scroll unlocks. It's a pair of really nice sunglasses, like super, super nice. People might think you're richer than you really are, and will comment on them frequently if you're wearing them. Alternatively. If paired with a jaunty hat, people might not recognize you right away. Uh, and Chad looks at you and he says, Oh, my man, these assets, their value is exponentially increasing. Um, okay, so uh, so, you, so you, guys, you guys purchase your items. You guys purchase your items. Um, uh, but uh, then you, then the, the creature returns and says, Darlings, I, I have just one more thing that I, that I want to offer you. One more thing that I want to give to you. A, a gift from myself and Iptar to help you on your quest. And uh, I want to give a huge thank you. I want to give a huge shout out uh, to uh, Cody Boker, who uh, played with us ages and ages ago as Anya's sister. Uh, Cilia in the second half of Anya's backstory. Um, after we did that episode, he presented me with a PDF where he had designed a magic item for each of you. Uh, and he was like, hey, give these to, to the guys. for oh, time thanks, to, 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 oh, to say thanks for being such a great podcast and being really cool. And I was like, I'll 100% do that. And I just never did because I just constantly forgot about them. Uh, and when I did remember them, you were like in the middle of something. So I couldn't just give them to you. So here we go. I will send all of you this PDF, but I want to share with you these friggin' dope magical items, which, you know, you want, you open a parcel when they're sitting inside. So Anya, this is for you. Yes. You receive the gemstone spectrum ring. It's a solid cold iron band wrapped and it wraps around the user's finger. Inlaid around the outside of the band is a solid piece of milky white marble that constantly changes colors between the draconic colors. This spectrum of draconic colors appear and fade, one overtaking the other and also coming in distinct shapes of their element. Red and copper appear as flame, while white and silver uh, and an off-white color depicting snowflakes. When placing this ring on for the first time, you hear a faint roar, as if a dragon on the furthest mountain had bellowed. The wearer's skin starts to tingle and feels of this un- as feel and feels as if underneath the skin they have scales forming. While wearing this ring, the wearer has the spell Mage Armor cast upon them, which is 13 plus your dexterity modifier. If at any time the wearer dons armor, they lose the spell for an hour. In addition to that, you receive Draconic Vengeance. When hit by a weapon attack, the wearer may use their reaction to spit in the direction of their attack within 30 feet. Uh, The attacker must make a dexterity saving throw, and on a failure, the attacker takes 2d6 of damage. Uh, Nothing on success. Uh, So yeah, so you receive that ring. It's just like straight up spit, though. Not like spit on fire. It's on on like a 1d6, you get like a different type of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mentioned that. Uh, More die. Thanks. Uh... Well, you got a cool mood ring. <laughs> yeah, you got a, yeah, yeah, you got a cool mood ring. Uh, Morda, you get probably one of the cooler items. Uh, you get the Lucky. barrel of fermenting loyalty. Uh, so this 
Uh, it's a barrel of fermenting loyalty. This item is a small barrel attached to a dog collar. The barrel is about the size of your average tankard and attached to a large collar made from a dark crimson leather uh, with Preston symbols from an unknown language. The barrel itself is made from a dark mahogany wood with steel metal bands. There's a small wooden handle at the top of the barrel. After tuning with this item, you may place inside some natural component and after a time, typically over a short rest, the materials inside will ferment into something magically infused. So if you put wheat inside the barrel, uh, you will uh, receive a glorious ale. Uh, and when the ale is consumed, you will gain 3d6 temporary hit points. Uh, you can put berries in and get uh, some wine, put rocks and dirt in and receive tiny elementals. Uh, there's water and you get holy water. Uh, grass will make you uh, a blunt. Uh, but the best part, an, al- <laughs> an allied tiny creature. Uh, it's the slime. It's the slime. Uh, yeah. While not... While not usually filled with a creature, the barrel of fermenting loyalty can be used as a storage device for creatures and can be filled with one of the above. After a rest in the barrel of fermenting loyalty, your allied creature is infused with courage and strength. On your turn, you can command your allied creature uh, that occupies the barrel to come forth and attack, blasting a creature of your choice with the loyalty beam. Uh, the attack roll for this beam is your charisma modifier plus proficiency modifier. On a hit, the creature takes 2d6 plus your charisma modifier. Hell yeah! Thanks for that. So that is what you receive. Uh, okay, so oh, yes, it does a whole bunch of cool stuff, but essentially you got a slime launcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mithras, you receive the arrow of Dick, uh, nice. which is which is spelled D A E K, and it's pronounced Dick. It's pronounced like Dick. Yes, it specifically says the arrow of Dick, pronounced like Dick. <laughs> Right. Uh, so, but the D A the D A E K stands Heavy for shaft. doing every doing anything except killing. <laughs> well, that's useless to me. <laughs> <laughs> it just breaks <laughs> it. <laughs> <throws> it away. <laughs> the arrow of Dick has been brought up many times in history, but many never really understand its true power. Those legends of archers doing amazing stunts with an improbable shot, opening gates from a long distance, shooting a poison tankard from a king's hand, snuffing out all light in a room with a single arrow. This is all due to the arrow of Dick. The real reason why it's never formally introduced uh, is because it's typically found grouped with other arrows that all look the same. Uh, The only distinct difference between this arrow and the rest is the smell. Before the archers have been said to fire this arrow, they catch the aroma of a field of flowers, daffodils, and daisies. But in your case, it is presented in a, in a small uh, wooden case. So you want to say it smells so like So when dick. you're asked to do a skill check, uh, when you get asked to do a skill check, uh, you may instead use the arrow of dick to give yourself a bonus to the skill check equal to your proficiency bonus divided by two. However, you have to make a logical case as to how the arrow of dick can be used to resolve the skill check without harming or killing in any way. Man. So... Uh, yeah, so basically you can use this to do to, to do whatever the hell you want, but you cannot harm or kill anyone uh, to do so. Uh, it that does... If really you, creative. If, exactly. Uh, so, while you're attempting to do any of these things, the arrow will never, ever break. 
Uh, it does have a drawback. It is the arrow of doing anything except killing for a reason. When fired with the intent to kill or harm, it instead does non-lethal damage to the target and applies some other humorous effect. The arrow will do things ranging from doing the target's makeup to giving a back massage to giving an enema. You probably won't want it back after that last one. Uh, whenever fired with an, arrow, with an intent to kill or harm, there is a 5% chance the arrow of deck will break. Every time it is fired with that intent, an additional 5% chance is added onto this chance to break. And this percent chance only reduces when the user does something selfless that the arrow of dick approves of. So that is your item. Thank you. Nice. Uh, and Poe, you receive the Bracers of the East Mist. Ooh, lucky I left no sleeves This set of bracers are made from an alloy that shimmers in the firelight, making it seem like the figures of the dragon are constantly in motion. These bracers take up a majority of the forearms, a long serpent-like dragon figure wrapping around the long sleek alloy that wraps over the forearm. At the wrist end of the bracers, the dragon head lies, jade emeralds in its eyes that sparkle with a lifelike figure. While wearing the bracers, you know which way the wind is blowing, and always notice a faint wind coming from the east. While wearing these braces, you can have them slowly eke out a smoke that you can control. Whenever you make a performance check to tell a story, you may use the braces' smoke to show subtle imagery, giving you advantage on the performance check. <gasps> That's perfect for you. That's cool. Uh, you also gain the Mistborn ability. While wearing the braces of the East Mist, you may also cast Fog Cloud centered on yourself at second level and also cast Gaseous Form on yourself. You may only use this ability twice before having to take a long rest. You may, however, mix and match either casting Fog Cloud twice, Gaseous Form twice, or Fog Cloud once and Gaseous Form once. So that is your item. So thank you again to Cody for giving those to us. Yeah, thanks a lot. That's, thank you so uh, much. Now, just for the uh, for the sake of mechanics, that doesn't count as armor, right? No, it's just, just a thing. Like, cool yeah, thing. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, gosh, man, you guys picked up a lot of shit, didn't you? Holy crap, we're so much cooler yeah. now. We're balling. And that's what we're going to call it this week. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode. A lot of shopping, a lot of leveling up, a lot of getting new items, but... Um, it's been overdue. Uh, you know, I, I feel like you guys needed some new stuff to kind of spice things up a bit. Um, so, yeah, if you have any questions about tonight's show uh, or if you want to submit your own magic item names, I'm, I'm always open to that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at for CNG podcast. I'm at Mr. K underscore Bennett. I am at Happy Little Llama. You can also find us on Facebook. We are for Crits and Giggles. Uh, and of course, you can also find us on iTunes. Uh, you can leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, you can also leave us a review on Stitcher. I, I often forget to mention that, but it's also cool if you leave us reviews there as well, uh, including uh, this review uh, from Timmy is Awesome, uh, who says, Dramatic D&D. There was a moment in your campaign that made me feel like shedding a tear. I don't want to spoil it, but that moment was built up with some top-notch storytelling. The music, sound effects, make the experience so immersive. Some of these types of shows get caught up with the dice rolls and forget that you need a good adventure behind it to keep the listener coming back. Thanks for your commitment to the art of the story. You know what? Timmy is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Timmy. <laughs> we like Tim. Uh, yes, yeah, so thank you very much for that review. Uh, we always appreciate those. Uh, they, make me feel, they make us feel really good uh, and uh, inspire us to keep making the show. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll see you next week uh, with um, a little more adventure um, and slightly less shopping. Um, but until next time, uh, stay safe, wash your vegetables when you buy them, and may all your hits be crits. Um, but Sometimes I legitimately forget we're playing, like, 
Dungeons and Dragons. Sometimes I just think we're just like, oh, what, wouldn't it be crazy if like I was a Chinese guy and yeah, that, that is actually <laughs> like, like a basis of rules behind this and there are abilities and stuff. Story time mm. with Kieran Pinnett. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Make Believe podcast. We're just we're just playing Make Believe. It's fine. That's basically it. Though, Pretty right? much. Plesiosaurus, and by far the coolest one of all, an Allosaurus. I don't know what so, either of those animals are, but well, I'm going to Google them. Plesiosaurus isn't that cool, but an Allosaurus well, those is last two. a dinosaur with an axe for a skull. Those so last two, unfortunately. Oh my god, dinosaurs are real. Nah, they're not. You guys. They're not canon, they're not canon, they're not canon. They're not it's canon. literally it's canon, canon right now. Good, as long as I can turn into an Allosaurus. And you're like, yeah, you're not, yeah, that's fine. I never agreed to this. I never agreed to this. It's like a... Fucking water giraffe, but with a shark's head. Okay, I'm just logging. I'm just. I'm just logging onto our feed burner account right now. I'm just deleting the whole podcast feed because dinosaurs are not canon. I'm. St- I'm unlooking the feed. This is the whole thing. We got to tell this. It's just for this. I told you. Karen, like, everybody wants dinosaurs. To look at some dinosaurs. It's like, not up to you. Okay, Gillian, we'll we'll do we'll do a one-on-one Mordai dinosaur side quest. Spell Eliosaurus. If you can spell Eliosaurus right now. A L L O S A U R U S. Oh, that thing's fucking sick! It's just like a more aggressive raptor. That's right. But it's like got armor and shit. I've been trampled by my skulls. Doesn't have a very big. Give it up, Karen. But has a very good impact resistance. So oh, it's, it it's kind of cool because it has it like, things. if you Google search Allosaurus, it's got kind of got like little mini horns. So it, right. uh, I imagine like your dinosaur version still has like the actual horns that you have. You can see why I wanted to be the. Fuck yeah. That's that dope. <sighs> well, okay. That's uh, <laughs> that, that, sound, that sounds that all sounds great. Uh, Hannah, would you like to uh, tell us what Anya managed to snag herself these last two levels? Sure. It sounds like you guys all managed to pick up uh, a whole bunch of really cool shit. Um, But you know what? Let's keep going. Let's keep giving you more cool shit. So here's what happens. Wait, 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 what kind of um, thing are you? Elf? Rose. Yeah, he's an elf. Asshole elf. A rogue elf. No, high elf, drow elf, or wood elf? A wood elf. <laughs> you didn't know the answer to that question. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rogue elf. God. No, wood elf. That is, yeah. No, sure. you've got no... The answer is no. You don't have any liver based stuff. See? You guys are lame. I told you. You're like a demon thing. Of course you're going to be, like, cooler. <laughs> okay, anyway. Let's, 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 let's continue on. Oh my God, it's like if Grimace was a TARDIS. Yes. I want a Big Mac. Uh, <laughs> yes. Two. <sighs> what does change from accounting sound like? What do I, what do I feel like? <laughs> yes, Karen. What does an accountant sound like? What am I? What am I? What am I feeling? His name is. He's a Californian like surfer dude. That's what I was thinking, because his name's Chad. Chaz. Yeah. Yeah, Chad. I reckon. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, so he looks at you, and he says, um, 
my name is Mordai. Um, and he no, points. not. Oh my god, it's Mithras, holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh like, wow, that must get so confusing. Yeah, that's never happened to me before. Uh, I'm gonna have to research more accounting terms now. <laughs> I'll put I'll put Could something I? on the next uh, recording. Yeah, just uh, th just throw something in the drive, the drive so that yeah. I can so I can do some readings. Uh, happily, I should give you guys more summoning items. Well, this is great audio, Sam. Yeah. All right, I need to search it. <laughs> um, yeah, so disclaimer to uh, any DMs out there listening to this episode: um, don't. Don't don't crowdsource uh, magic item names and then come up with the effects yourself because you're probably just going to break your game. Yeah. Um, so we so we we're gonna we're gonna close out the episode uh, now. Um, oh, sorry. That's not right. That's not how fucking. That's not how fucking end the episode. Cut that out. The end. That's not how. Bye. That's not how I end the episode. It's over. Bitches. And that's what we're going to call it this week. <laughs> is what I meant to say. Some of the background music and ambience used in this episode was from Sirenscape. Enhancer Gaming Table at Sirenscape.com The songs Floating Cities, Dewdrop Fantasy, Ever Mindful, Action, Interloper, Sneaky Snitch, Merry Go, Tenebris Brothers Carnival Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3, Minstrel Guild, Big Rock, and Sneaky Adventure are by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0, creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.